Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialist with an office in Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. All right, so emails. We got uh, Phil in Ames, and he says, I'd like to retire sometime, probably in the next six months, Eric, but I still wanted to go the two more years before going to full retirement age. So he's not 67 yet. Uh, how much does this matter? What's the big difference here, or do I stick it out till then? So, Eric, if he's retiring, let's say 18 months, maybe before full retirement age, what does that, what does that do, if anything? Uh, well, Phil, um, I'm assuming your full retirement age might be 67 then. But For the sake of the argument, 66 right? 66 and 67, yeah. So that means you're going to pass 65, which is actually uh, advantageous because if you claim Social Security after age 65, it's kind of nice, and then you transition onto Medicare, is that your Medicare Part B premium will already automatically be deducted from your Social Security if you decide to claim Social Security. So the big thing is, is you claim Social Security prior to full retirement age, and you decide to continue to do some kind of employment, whether work um, part-time or full-time for somebody else or for yourself. So if you continue to labor uh, for an income, then you have an earnings limitation, how much you can make. And the 2024 number off the top of my head, it's a little over $21,000. So if you make more than that, then there's a give back. So for every two dollars you're above that number, they t- they subtract one dollar of Social Security per month. So if you're not going to work, no big deal. You know, sticking it out to full retirement age—that's really a decision you have to make. Whether you want to now go to retirement and enjoy it while you have the maybe the vitality to do it um, versus waiting. There's no difference from a tax standpoint. It's just this earnings limitation. If you want to continue to work, is what the big deal is. At full retirement age. You can claim Social Security and you can work as make as much money as you want uh, while you labor. So there's no limitation at all. Um, so it really comes down to what you what you want, what you want retirement to be. If you're going to retire and not do anything, then go for it. If your plan allows it, you know this is where the planning comes in. So when people come into our office and go through this retirement readiness review. Sometimes it points out to them they can leave now and enjoy it. You can always go back to work, right? Yeah. And employers love hiring part time retirement people because they have a work ethic and they show up and they have reliable transportation typically and they don't have not to knock small children but small children tend to get sick a lot they're yeah, like little yeah. inf- they're like little sponges that suck up <laughs> little diseases, germ factories right? is what i always called my daughter when she was in elementary school yeah, yeah. i mean my, my kids got sick all the time too and yeah. so you know you don't have that right and they they and you kind of like when you're retired, you might like working three days a week to you know be connected to people, and then uh, you're done. And I'm done. I've had my fill of yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, especially in the wintertime, nothing yeah. else to do, right? Exactly. But in the spring, summer, fall, I want to be out, whether it's you know walking or golfing or fishing or whatever it is, yeah. right? So 
Phil, it all depends on when you want to go, but it's not going to make that big of a difference unless you're working. That's the only thing about retiring early and claiming Social Security versus waiting to full retirement age. All right. Thank you, Phil, so much for listening to the show and sending in the email. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, and we've got Nancy now. You, you know, Eric, you were just in Nevada, but Nancy's in Nevada. That's right. A little uh, bit different when you're in Iowa. That's right. A little different. <laughs> and she says, how important is it to have a financial advisor, Eric, who manages my investments for me? as opposed to someone I just see periodically who gives me advice? Well, uh, it depends whether the answer whether you have a plan or not, and depends on what kind of the, what the advice is. So if it's just someone that's just telling you we should you know, move from these investments to that investments to tweak it a little bit, um, that might be good enough. Um, sometimes you can actually work directly with one of the big firms, someone on a toll-free number, if you're just kind of changing investment allocations. But if you're putting together a comprehensive plan and that comprehensive plan, you're making allocations, then having the assets managed by that person can be helpful because as you change directions, as you age, as you develop new strategies, it's easier when they control the investments to make those changes on those investments. Also, you know, so that's where then the fee becomes more justified as well. Like I tell our clients, you know, we charge fees for assets under management, but it's not just for the management of those assets. That fee also comes from all the planning that we do. So we don't charge by the hour, by the year, or any of that. We're on retainers. Any kind of time they come in for a meeting, any phone call that they have, any time we do a quick, uh, I don't like Zoom, uh, we call it join me, but anytime we do things like that, that's all inclusive. So they never think that if I'm sitting here talking to them about things that I'm padding the hour to round up the bill or stuff like that. That includes access and then all the other content that we send out. So if they're managing the assets, typically that's also included in all the other planning, that kind of stuff. But if you're not doing planning and you just need some tune-up, it's whatever fits for you, whatever you feel comfortable with. And I'm not sure what stage you are in life. But if you're getting close to retirement, normally just like – with your health, the older that you get, typically you start to see more specialists in your life, a lot of people with ologists in their name, right, as opposed to just a general practitioner. So when you need something, you go see a specialist about that particular thing. Retirement's just the same, right? You need to see a specialist regarding retirement, not just a general practitioner. And that's where paying a fee would actually be helpful. So they're looking at your whole picture, managing your assets, and positioning them in places to make your plan work for you given it's the highest probability of success. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you've got to have the right fit for the thing you're talking that you need. Nancy, we were talking about that earlier in the show. Uh, and we talk about it often, right? Reach out to someone and have a conversation. This is why advisors typically offer and financial professionals offer, you know, these consultations, these reviews, complimentary to find the right fit for you, but also for them with you, right? It's got to be that good right. two-way street. So They have to be able to offer the services that you're looking for. Yeah. You have to have a fit for what they offer. And then communication really style down to, and all sorts of things. Uh, there's a lot of personality that goes yeah. into it as well because yeah. like a marriage, you want it to be the only one that you have, right? So when you go on with a financial advisor, unless you end up moving out of the area or the person retires or something like that or unfortunately dies, you know, right. banging on my desk, which is wood, doesn't <laughs> happen. But, you know, you like that to be the last stop. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you definitely want to make sure you can tolerate the person, you know, because if you're going to meeting with them, you know, once or twice a year and talk on the phone and you like, you know, you want to make sure that you that you at least can handle that person for an hour at a time or an hour and a half at a time. But yeah, they, they do a good job, but they also have that skill set of, of that works for you. Like, you know, 
I'm looking forward to talking to him. Not oh gosh, this person. right, yeah. right. It's not like you sit on your calendar. It's not like oh god, I got to go to the dentist, right? Yeah, right. Which I said that one time to a dentist, and he kind of laughed. <laughs> At least he had a good sense of humor. Yeah, true. All right, Nancy, thank you so much. 515-226-1500 to have a conversation of your own. 515-226-1500. Final email this week, Larry in Boone. And he says, a tax question here, Eric. I'd like to help my daughter and son-in-law out with some money for a down payment on the home they want to buy. What's the most efficient, tax-efficient way to get them about fifty grand? Just give them the cash? Give them some stock? What? Oh, well, Larry, um, one issue that you're falling into then is that's more than you can give them from a gift standpoint. So, Well, sort of. Um, is it? I mean, I thought you could do like 17 grand per person. You can, but I'm not sure if Larry is married. No, but I thought, couldn't he give it 70 grand to the daughter and 17 grand to the son-in-law? Can't he? Yeah, that's it? only 34 then. Oh, yeah, I know. It's close. Let's though. get 50. So, yeah. Larry, if you're married, then you, um, you'd have to make the check from you and then one from your wife uh-huh. and then do it that way just for cleanliness in case you were audited. Okay. Uh, so you don't get into a gift um, tax. And then most tax efficient way, uh, well, uh, would be money if you got sitting in the bank. Because the only thing taxable money from the bank would be the interest that that money has earned. If you have money that's in investments and you sell those investments, depending on if they were up, then that uh, would be a capital gain, which is taxed differently depending on what tax bracket you're on Mm -hmm. or in. Uh, Could be zero. Could be 15%. um, If you're in the lower brackets, could be as high as 20, uh, depending if you're in the higher brackets. Um, Wouldn't recommend an IRA because it'd be 100% taxable. So if you needed 50, um, you'd probably have to sell off more like seventy-two, $75,000. Good news is if you live in the state of Iowa, you don't have to pay state income tax, but then it can't all come from you, remember, because some of it's got to come from your wife if you're right. going to avoid the gift tax. So, um, But if they did have the cash, Eric, not to beat that point, but he said cash, right? One of cash, the things he yeah. said. Cash, so if cash, they yeah. did have the cash, he, you could do the gifting thing, right, up to the limits, and they're, and that's not taxable? No. Okay. No, it's not, not taxable, but you have to be yeah below uh, 17000 uh, That was 2023. I got to look at 2024, but just it's keep, probably It probably went up a little bit, but not much. Yeah. yeah. But just, you know, some from you, some from your wife, to the son, or to the daughter, to the son-in-law. So I would just take it, divide it by four. Uh-huh. And then do the same amount to each one. So that'd be twelve thousand five hundred would just be easy way to do it. Mm, okay. So twelve thousand five hundred to the daughter and the son-in-law from you, and if you're married, some from your daughter or to your from your wife to the daughter and the son-in-law. That way, it's easy. There's no gift tax. It doesn't go against unified credit. They gotcha. don't have to pay anything on their side. Um, and you don't pay any on your side. So correct. That's, so that's cool. correct. Well, that's if you cool. consider it a gift. Versus loaning, because if it's loaning, you have to have a loan document. You have to have it at a competitive interest rate. You have to seek, you know, talk to a CPA and maybe an attorney about what so you have to do. You can't loan it to them for a dollar? <laughs> I, you probably can. I don't right. know about that. But gifting is a little bit different. I am. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, cash is going to be the most efficient way. Yeah. I mean, so he, and he mentioned the stock, right? So like if he sold the stock or even if, even if he just gave them the stock, does that somehow change the tax? Or now that's just their tax problem, right? Yeah, gifting stock, um, then they would pay the capital gain on that. So um, to your point earlier. I'd have to look that up and talk and talk to my, my people about when you do that. Again, we know enough of who to call versus right. off the top of the head, but um, they would pay capital gains tax on that. I'm not sure how that would be recognized from a gift standpoint. Mm, I'm not gotcha. sure if it's a cost basis is what it would be considered the gift or not. But then you're also giving up that stock. 
you know. So right, and to your cash. point, they'll depending on they're probably younger, so if they pull it out, they're going to have to pay the taxes anyway. And they're probably at a higher tax bracket than maybe you are if you're retired. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah. So Good point. I would do cash. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Did you know that Eric Peterson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Retirement Ready Radio Show, Sundays at noon on AM 1040. WHO. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.